Hello and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast, where each week I interview a person related to themes around spiritual formation. And my guest this week is Renovare's Director of Education, Carolyn Ahrens. And Carolyn and I sat down and talked a little bit about books and reading as a spiritual practice. Uh, and then Carolyn shared with us some things about the Renovare Book Club and uh, how we can do some of this work together in community. As always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Hey, Carolyn. Hey, Nate. Good to, good to have you. Thanks. Good to be with you. Um, books. Do you like to read? I love to read. Yeah, I was the, um, probably my greatest act of rebellion as a child, which was not very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> was to was, read books? Was to have the flashlight under the covers oh. in bed and read way past bedtime. Yeah. How about oh. you? Um, I, I do. I do. Yeah. I, I love to read, but not, um, I'm really a slow reader. Mm-hmm. Um, painfully slow. I remember when my oldest was like eight that um, we timed ourselves once and I read um, about 25% slower. And, and than your, than your eight year old? Yeah. And really? with, with about the same retention rate. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm serious. Now, now, kids crazy gifted. And mm. can plow. I mean, I mean, off the charts gifted with some of that. But I've had to just learn to accept that I'm a slow reader, mm. and and that's okay. Um, I, I I still can read, you know. And, yeah. And learning to to take my time with books, and and not feel like I'm needing to conquer them. And um, but yeah, I do. I I, I very much like to read. It's funny when I was uh, doing a doing a graduate degree at Regent College, there was a seminar on speed reading. Because there's, really? there's yeah, there's so much reading on the syllabus. <laughs> and so you're trying to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna survive. And um so this great prof who talked as fast as she could read, you know, <laughs> gave us all these different levels of reading and ways you can read and things so you could practice with your eyes and but I just had this total uh kind of gut you know is revulsion a word like just like no this can't be right reading is supposed (laughs) to be this loving act of attention you know if i could if i would have sit up and said dallas willard says you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry (laughs) from your life except with reading right (laughs) yeah Yeah. i guess there's you know you read for different purposes but i i'm i i to me uh you know the the magic is in in it as much in how something is being said as what's being said you yeah, know exactly. the 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 way the words are put together is part of the gift of the book and you have mm. to i think you have to go somewhat slowly and carefully with it to to respect and receive that you know unless yeah. it's uh uh you know how to update your mac uh, technical right, right, right. manual. And Some things just don't deserve more than a dirty read. For that. that's right. a dirty read. That's an interesting term. I picked it up from a, a fellow professor who would teach incoming freshmen how to read, and he says it's the dirty read. You you know, skim through. But yeah. sometimes I would feel this um, kind of sadness or concern that in in the academic world, particularly in grad school. You're really teaching people 
how to disrespect books or that to just not disrespect, but to just rush through them and to speed read. And I'd always tell graduates now, now go learn to really read and live in the words and soak in them and um, just take your time, reread a page <laughs> three mm. times, you know. Um, and, and to me, I'll think of it as a, a, a way to kind of love the writer, love their work. And it's almost this interactive relationship that um, you, you get to have with the, with the words, the material. I don't know. So I, I, I think I've learned it's been real helpful for me to just accept it myself. I'm a slow reader, and that's, that's okay. Um, and, and I remember one time my dad had said, it was so kind of him, he says, that's okay, Nate. You, you really get it. Right. <laughs> you know, when you read it, you really are getting it. And I'm, well, okay, I guess it's probably true. I, I probably have a. I'm, Absolutely. But yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah. And, and well, the, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, in defense even of this professor that was teaching speed oh, reading, she was a, uh, her background was uh, literature. She loved literature. And so I think I'm probably misrepresenting her agenda <laughs> a little bit because she definitely talked about a deep, a deep kind of of reading too yeah, but yeah. yeah anyway i i'm i'm on team slow i i think uh, <laughs> whenever slow. whenever life will allow it um yeah that's kind of um deliberate loving attention is uh is usually warranted especially mm-hmm. if you pick the right books right yeah yeah i was thinking a little bit about uh about reading and and it's one of the f- few maybe the only form of media that we can control the pace with so like television it you know it it moves at its you can pause it of course uh, music or other kind of things but reading we kind of set the tone for the relationship of well i use this to sit and you know journal or write in the margins and why reread this and um so it's it's in a sense maybe one of the most uh, interactive ways of engaging media content or uh education yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't thought about that. That in in almost other all other forms, the pace is set for you. You're right. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain uh, autonomy and responsibility in it, I guess. And uh-huh. and then if you if you couple that with the fact that um, you have to supply the visuals, you know, uh-huh, your uh-huh. your imagination is engaged in a different way. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty powerful, and it's you know, it's something. Uh, you know, I, I hate to sound like kind of the sky is falling people, but I, <laughs> the, the research about neuroplasticity in our brains and the way that we're getting information now in these kind of quick hits online, um, they say that uh, a lot of us are losing our capacity to mm-hmm. sit for a long time, set the pace, provide the visuals. And they even talk about, since we've been talking about grad school already, like professors who are having a hard time sitting and engaging with a text. Uh, I'm sure this isn't you because you, you love books, but, you know, in with the same sustained attention because mm-hmm. we've got so used to getting our info in, in quick hits. So mm-hmm. it's... Um, Reading is a is a discipline, uh, not you know, a spiritual discipline that can give us some of our humanity back. I think. Mm. Ooh, yeah. that's a good that's a good quote. Give mm. us some of our humanity back. <laughs> I I know for me when I read anything on a computer screen, I I I skim it. I mean, I just don't take time with it, and I don't I don't know if I've just conditioned myself that because so much of it 
you know, doesn't necessarily warrant a good, a good mm-hmm. thorough read. Why did, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask if you can do the, the Kindle or the electronic book or if you, if you have to have a uh, paper. Man, I tried it and I fully committed. I think I read two or three books in, in a Kindle and, and then just, no, I got to touch it and feel it and smell it and, I don't. I don't know. It's the tactile. Uh, mm-hmm. side. Do you? Do you do? Well, I keep trying because, especially when we go on vacation, our suitcases are so heavy because mm-hmm. that's that's my main. Reading don't time. know which one to read. So you pack exactly. 10. Yeah. You pack like twelve. <laughs> my husband's like, please, they have technology for this now, and I wouldn't have to carry these suitcases. So I try for certain books I can, but I'm a real marginalia person. I love writing in the margins, circling. Marginalia things. is that a? Did you, did you make that I, up? I don't know. I think it's a real word. Oh, is it? I'm not okay. sure. Yeah. I, should, I should read more. Maybe I'd find out. Um, yeah. <laughs> you write in the margin. <laughs> I like to write in my books. Yeah. 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 I, can't, I cannot read without a pencil in my hand. And, but yeah. you know what I'll do? This is what I love about books because when I read back through my comments, sometimes I'm on a completely different subject. It's just reading that somehow spurred on thoughts and ideas. And oftentimes the first few pages of a book, are, are just scribbles of random things, good things, important things, yeah. um, but not even related to the book. But, uh, so interesting. Do you do you have a routine for your reading, particularly devotional material? Uh, yeah, I I try to do, you know, that other kind of reading, uh, Lectio Divina, mm-hmm. uh, in the mornings. Um, where something gets to read me, you know, mm-hmm. it, it totally gets to set the pitches hard. You know, that's a that really takes discipline, and I don't pull it off every single day. But it's always better when I do to just sit and be still for a while and read. Usually, scripture a very a very small portion. Mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing James Bryan Smith say that Lectio Divina. He, he says it it saved his faith in seminary because. Mm. All of the other reading was so that he could master the text, and then mm. this re- reading was where the text could master him. Mm. Yes, and yes. Uh, so there's a certain like humility in that. So yeah, I usually start the day with that, and then I let myself kind of plow through something juicy mm-hmm. on, on a faith theme after that, kind of as my reward for <laughs> sitting and letting the text read me. How about you? Um, I, I think different seasons, different times. Yeah. Um, I'll usually when I sit down, I'll have a stack. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, and I dip into things um, and I'll do, I mean, I think I'll do both. Sometimes that slow, right? Letting it read me and, and even camping on a paragraph. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, biblical material certainly lends itself to that. But in other uh, pieces, just really being with it, rereading it. The other thing I've, and then sometimes just plowing through stuff. I, I've given myself permission to not have to finish every book I start. And and to you know dip into it and to take time with it. So there's a few books I've been reading for probably like four years, and I just you know every month or two I'll just touch back to it and uh, be in it. I think there's I think now we're getting into some camps. You've you've got there are some people. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting because there are some people that they religiously finish every book they start. Yeah, you know, yeah, as, sure. as a matter of discipline, unless there's just something so horrific in it Grit that they can't teeth, continue just, on. Yeah. yeah, and then and there's and then there's the people that you know, uh, if, <laughs> if, if, if you know, sometimes 
I try to be a finish every book you start kind of person, but there are certain books that actually at the first two chapters are incredible. They change your life. And then the rest of the book is kind of restating those first two sure, chapters. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. So I'm with you on permission, permission to <laughs> abort the mission. And then the other, the other camp is one book at a time or a whole bunch of books uh, in play. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It sounds like you're a, you're a bunch of books in play. I'm a bunch of books in play. Yeah. yeah which means then I perf- certainly won't finish everything. Right. Cause right. <laughs> do you like to really have starkly different genres in play all at the same time? Uh, I think I'll, it, it depends. It just depends yeah. on what the stack is that, uh, yeah, sometimes the same, sometimes very different. Um, but it's kind of like a little venture. I get my little stack in, in the afternoon and go, where should I begin today? You know, mm-hmm. um, that's a, it's a fun practice though. Tell me, um, a little about the run of our book club. Yeah. Speaking of books. So yeah, you know, I, I was going to say there's, when we're talking about camps, an, another camp is, that sort of human being for whom certain books become uh, key life milestones, uh-huh, you know, like, uh-huh. like, so like, what are the big events in your life? Well, you know, graduation, meeting my spouse, that time I went to Africa, and that time I read my first now, you know, like, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. and so um, music, yeah. so add, add music in there when I discovered oh. you too, or some, yes, you know, or Car- Carolyn Aaron's, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and by the way, I've never been to Africa. That was a, fic- a fictional list, uh, but but I have read now, and then it did change my life. Um, so yeah, so for people people like that, there's a certain um, a certain kinship, and we have started gathering up uh, people who are, who um, devour books that way, and for whom. Uh, books become companions and spiritual guides. And we have this Renovari book club. And I'm pretty new to the party. It it ran for two years before I came mm-hmm. on board at Renovari. And then I got to be uh, the, the coordinator for it last year. And we're just about to uh, launch our fourth season. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty cool. What can I tell you about it? Well, it, okay. It's, well, maybe the first question. It, do, is it for finishers? Is it for dip? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, which camp do you have to yeah. be? I, I, we will accept people from all camps. It, it is a, uh, once again, uh, as we were talking about with books, you can set set your pace. But what, what we do, so it runs from October uh, to June. Okay. And we work through four books in that time. And so if you want to stay on track with the rest of the community, you get an email from us on every Monday um, reminding you what portion of the book the whole community is reading that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, uh, we do, I think I already said we do four books in that time. So we have four different facilitators um, who kind of guide us through the book. So there'll be some podcast conversations with you, I think, and our mm-hmm. facilitators, uh, some extra resources. It's pretty cool because in two of the cases, the author them, themselves, mm-hmm. um, uh, himself or herself, is leading us through the book so they can give us stuff you couldn't get anywhere else about where the mm-hmm. where the books came from. And then there's online conversation. So it's it's pretty cool because it's, it's a chance to do this sort of intensely personal thing but with other people who are doing it and find some pretty cool friendships can emerge out of it. So you get not only then the interactions with other people who are reading the books, but then there's this engagement with someone who either wrote the book or is kind of an expert on the book. Yeah. Yeah. Actually we're, 
I, I don't want this to sound like an infomercial, but I'm like giddy <laughs> excited with um, who we've got. So, so a quick tour through it. The, okay. the first book is Beyond Loneliness by Trevor Hudson. Mm-hmm. A lot of people listening will know Trevor, just an extraordinary human being from yep. South Africa. I've gotten to know him because he teaches at the Renovari Institute and Ah, he's just, he is just a wise, wise soul. And yeah, so he's, he's great. I'm doing yeah. a podcast with him on his book oh, soon. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So yeah, he's written this book about kind of the loneliness that defines the human condition. I heard him talk about it a little bit at our last institute residency. And he was talking about all the factors in our culture that contribute to loneliness. But even if they weren't there, there's something uh, lonely about being human mm. on, on this side of eternity. Mm. And so he talks about that and um, how that will drive us if if we let it into friendship with God. Mm-hmm. And he does it in this really mm, rich and welcoming <laughs> way. So, And he's our facilitator for that book. So we get to read not only his book, but um, some of his extra insights and listen to conversations and stuff. So that's pretty cool. So, so it comes with like three podcast that only people in the club get to listen to yeah that's right so so we we go uh it takes us about seven weeks to get through a book Mm -hmm. and the first week the author or facilitator um gives us a kind of a study guide and a suggested reading schedule and some background um and then he or she alternates each week you either get an extra kind of supplementary article. Here's mm-hmm. something that wasn't in the book, but might be of in- interest or a podcast conversation. And towards the end of, of our time with that book, the podcast conversation can actually be questions that have come up from, from the readers. We always nice. kind of gather those up. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. And and then is there online discussion as well that yeah, if people there, want to? There is. Yeah. For anybody who wants to opt in, I was amazed uh, last year by how kind of deep people were willing to go, how mm. transparent they were willing to be, could really see the hunger and the longing for community that people have. And, um, and then uh, we, it, I, it was already very cool to watch last year. And then now we've kind of spent our couple months that we've had off here working really hard with our web designer, Brian Morkin, that you've mm-hmm. talked to lots in these podcasts, he's been searching for like an even better discussion kind of format to, mm-hmm. that'll facilitate conversation. And I, I think he's come up with something really great in mm-hmm. terms of um, keeping people connected and able to, to pull each other in on conversations and follow up uh, on this discussion forum. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So there's all those pieces happening uh, and people can, dip in and out as much as they want, but we find people generally like to dive in and mm-hmm, stay in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's pretty rich. Nice. So, yeah. So the first one is, um, beyond loneliness with, with Trevor. Then we're doing Henry Nowen's life of the beloved, mm. which is, um, oh, such a great book. And our facilitator for that is, uh, Deirdre Lenau. I hope I'm not killing her name. Deirdre Lenau. <laughs> okay. Um, Deirdre is went. Uh, she's a a PhD in in church history. Uh, she also went through the Renovari Institute, and her husband's going through it now. Just a great friend of Renovari, and she wrote a book on Nowen. Oh, uh, called the Spiritual Legacy of Henry Nowen. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago. So when we were going to do this Nowen. Uh, Considering he's moved on to the age to come, we couldn't get him to facilitate. 
but we couldn't think of anybody better than uh, Deirdre to mm-hmm, take us mm-hmm. take us through. So that's going to be really cool. Great. And then Chris is doing one. Right? Yeah. So he's doing the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our our uh, esteemed president and friend, <laughs> Dr. Chris Hall. Yeah. He's. You know. It's. It's crazy cool. We had him do one last year too, and he's. You know. He's. You'd never know it. He's such a humble guy, but he is one of the world's leading mm-hmm. patristic scholars. He he knows the, the ancients, the church fathers, the desert fathers, uh, unbelievably. Mm-hmm. It's an encyclopedia, but in this really kind of winsome, let's hang out <laughs> and get to know kind of way. So so last year we did um, Athanasius' Life of Antony with him, mm-hmm. and this year we're going to do Athanasius on the Incarnation. Okay. Re- really. Uh, seminal book in, in how we think about the Trinity. and mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, so that's going to be really cool. Super cool. And then um, the other one, book three, is a brand new book. It's actually not even out yet, but it'll be in t- out in time for for that slot um, called Liturgy of the Ordinary. The okay. subtitle is Sacred Practices in Everyday Life. It's by a woman named Tish Harrison Warren. I got to read a, a an advanced manuscript, and it's just it's delicious. It's just just about. Um, she just kind of looks at an ordinary day and an ordinary life. It's almost like uh, I heard of this great book called Ordinary Saints. Oh yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's almost like that. Um, and uh, but yeah, ordinary day and ordinary life, and kind of detects these little liturgies of ways um, that we practice God's presence through the day. And it's really inviting and challenging and cool. And she she's going to be the one to lead us through that. The author herself. I love it. I love it. That's great. I'm going to, I'm going to participate this time. Yay. You know, good. I mean, I think I asked you to sign me up. Yeah. Did, yeah. 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 I, I, I'd like That's to good. jump in on it. Sounds, I did a, I did a, uh, um, it's a funny story. I'll keep it short, but, uh, a, uh, I was part of a book club when I lived in Kentucky. I got invited to apply to be a part of a book club. And <laughs> it's like two retired literature professors, librarian and medical doctor. And, and so I got to apply, so I read the book. I mean, my apple, you know, you come, and if you have anything of value to say, then they invite you back. And wow. I, I was accepted, and I was so in, intimidated. But and 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 they read all across across the board, topic wise. But what I loved about it was the accountability of mm-hmm. that. You know, I committed to it. I wanted to do it, but it just it it it. I noticed it. Gave me those times where at night I'm kind of tired and just want to watch TV. I, oh no, I'm going to you know come back to this book and and I found it so helpful to be a part of a part of that kind of group and and maybe the book club works that way. Uh, for I think people. you're probably right. I think that is uh, uh, besides the sort of the longing for community and you know the the benefit of having these facilitators kind of guide the process. They I, I bet you. In the top three reasons is just, I want to read more, <laughs> and if I commit to this, it, you know, it will make me read more. <laughs> um, and that's, man, that's as great a reason as any. And um, and the great news is, we d- you do not have to apply. <laughs> you can come on in. <laughs> no, and it's, it's pretty affordable, isn't it? What's the cost yeah. on it? Yeah, so it's $50 for the whole season from October uh-huh. to June, and that actually includes Trevor's book. Nice. Well, shipped, shipped out to you. Yeah, yeah. So it. hopefully when, people, I think people that do it find that it's pretty great value. When, when does it start, this, this session? 
So it starts middle of uh, of October. October seventeenth is our the day we start reading according okay. to our reading schedules. We're hoping people will sign up right away so that we've got time to ship them Trevor's book uh, well in mm-hmm. advance of the start date. So you can sign up right now. Uh, it's just renovari.org backslash book club. Okay. You can sign up right away, but then and you'll get some info right away, and we'll start uh, the process of shipping you Trevor's book. And then, uh, yeah, we read we read the first page together uh, <laughs> on uh, October seventeenth. Nice, so good for fall. Things are starting yeah. up, and a, a yeah, good routine. And to get we in. do have people. We have people kind of inevitably. At least last year, our numbers grew and grew and grew throughout the season because people mm-hmm. started to hear about it. And, um, and so you can join at any point or if there's a particular book you really want to join for. But of course, if you want, if you want the most bang for your reading book, <laughs> October, it's, it's the best to come in right on the beginning. Yeah. Well, thanks for chatting today. This is, this is good stuff. I, I like you. it. <laughs> Always fun. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.